from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition. It's a holiday edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. But you can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on the many awesome things they're doing on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guests, they are no strangers to the show, making their and we're making this, I think we're if it happens two times, is that a tradition? Is that how it works, guys? I forget. I think if it happens one time, when, it's when a tradition. It be- Right. Okay. There we go. So back for our second installment of the holiday edition of the 5050 podcast, we are joined by both by coach Nick Soderling, who is the, or excuse me, coach Sean Soderling, <laughs> just merged you guys there. Sean Soderling, the head women's soccer coach of Brescia university, and also Nick Rizzo, the head women's soccer coach of St. Mary's university in Minnesota. Gents, welcome. How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm I'm excited like uh, excited to have you guys here. Another uh, another show. Nick, how about you? Just phenomenal. I uh, I got my final Christmas shopping done today, so I'm like good to go finally. Oh yeah. It, it's, yeah. I feel like that's the most stressful thing is like getting all your your Christmas <laughs> shopping done, and like once you're done, it's just it's it's smooth sailing because I don't wrap. I put stuff in bags, so it's like really easy for me. From here. You don't wrap your presents? Yeah. No, nope, bag person. Definitely a bag person. Whoa. Now, I, I I did not mistake. I figured you were a rapper. I mean, like, I don't know. I could probably be persuaded, but like, I'm just, I'm, I'm a big bag person. I think like just the the ease of it, like I, it's less stuff you have to deal with later. I don't know. Maybe now that I have an infant, like I'll we'll start doing stuff, but he doesn't understand right now. So it's- <laughs> awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you for being here. And again, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you all, I'll let you hit a little bit more also on kind of how we cross paths initially as far as the awesome things you all do with uh, with soccer chat with your podcast as well and we're going to obviously talk a lot more about that later but uh, just give us brief kind of you know brief intros uh, as to where you are now and what's going on I'm I think I went first, first last time Sean so I think you did you really yeah I think you have to go first this time okay look somebody's already saying no rap come on nick your son's <laughs> gonna love ripping that stuff open not a bag Sorry, um, he's he, he's a first time father like new. He'll, he'll learn at some point um no i guess uh you know for us we started our our podcast uh based off a twitter chat that got started um 
guess let's see six seven years ago now yeah. um and we got connected with with hector through there and uh i can remember the many phone calls of hector getting a hold of me being like hey man i want to do a podcast i'm like absolutely go do it um and you know it, it's been fortunate enough for us that i think uh, we kind of got this thing started of cross promoting a lot of podcasts that all kind of got started from uh, the same thing. So we always kind of like to say that, uh, you know, soccer chess is kind of this, this small little thing out there, but uh, this tree has kind of grown off in so many branches that uh, it's really cool to see people kind of get influenced, I guess, a little bit um, mm -hmm. from, from what Nick and I done. Cause I think what we've done is just shown that if we can do it, anybody can do it. Um, so, you know, we were, we were able to kind of see the beginning of the 50, 50 pod and, and be a part of each Christmas episode. And, and here we are again. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Nick? Yeah, no. Um, I coach at St. Mary's University in Winona, Minnesota. Uh, not the St. Mary's. There's Texas, there's Indiana, there's California, uh, Mount Mary, you Mary. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of St. Mary's to be confused with. We're, the, we're in the one that's uh, 10 degrees below zero right now. So I, I can't imagine. No, thank you. you. Know, weather down by you guys is is quite like that. But no, yeah, been been here now for two seasons. But yeah, uh, me and Sean have kind of been through it a lot together and like again it's just been a fun journey to do this soccer chat thing for like he said like it's crazy because it doesn't quite feel like six seven years but it definitely has been that long yeah yeah 10 did you say 10 below zero right now is that right yeah. now yeah it feels wow. like 10 i think is like negative nine right now yeah we got people here you know with that big arctic blast that's about to make its way across the country we got people here freaking out because i think Friday, Friday morning, it's going to be with the windshield. Granted, this is a windshield, right? But it's, I think they're projecting it to be eight degrees down here. So Oof. you can only imagine. Yeah. That's crazy for y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. This Absolutely. is not the time of the year I bring recruits. Like we, we successfully avoid <laughs> having kids come up at this time of the year. Like we find the days that are sunny and 70 as often as we can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure which so which is the most common St. Mary's is it got to be the one down the one down here, I imagine. Right. Is that the most common? Yeah, one? Yeah, The California one's pretty popular, too. Uh, the one that Kai, we, we actually interviewed the other day, you coached it there. Um, like they're they're a pretty like well-known program as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So awesome. So, again, thank you for being here. Let's talk. Uh, let's segue over. I don't know if you guys were aware or not, but there was recently a fairly popular tournament going on on the, the uh, other side of the other side of the world. They refer to it as the World Cup. I don't know if you guys were watching it or not, but oh yeah, that thing happened. A yeah. game or two, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I caught a game or two as well. Um, thoughts, thoughts on the tournament. Thoughts on the final. Thoughts on Team Say. We can go any number of directions, but what thoughts? Share thoughts. I mean, I I think the tournament as a whole, like. Like disregarding the the situation of what uh, the it took to put the tournament on um, was maybe the best World Cup in our lifetime. I mean, if you look at some of the craziness of the group games and things like that, like at one point, like what was it like Spain and Germany were like had like a five minute span where they were both being eliminated by was, both out. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. for like only like five minutes, but like literally like that. That's like two of the past three world cup winners were about to get eliminated on the same day in the same group. Like you look at some of the semis with the penalty kicks and then that final, I mean, I don't know if I've ever watched a better soccer game, like after the first 78 minutes. Um, but like once minute 78 hit and France got that first goal, it was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and then they get the second one three minutes later, then like go down and like, in with, seven minutes to go in the second added time and then tie it up again is like, it's one of the craziest. And then like to 
Argentina with Messi to finally get his World Cup. I don't know if you could ask for anything more out of World Cup. Like it was absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. I was just upset that my <laughs> my whole theory was that once Qatar was was hosting it, I just thought this was the year that a random team um, was going to be the was going to be the victors, mm. and Morocco was really look making me look good, um, and all of a sudden it just kind of the wheels fell off and they ran into a buzzsaw and uh, you know I I also people can call me a hater all they want but I had always envisioned a world where. Ronaldo and Messi were the Dan Marino of soccer where mm-hmm. they've done literally everything that they can except win the big one. Yeah, um, yeah. And so now, you know, one of them has it and the other one will never get a chance at it again. Um, you know, kind of put it, puts another damper on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Nick said, I mean, once the 78th minute hit, that was just ridiculousness. <laughs> like I, yeah. I think it was even, I think Buffalo Wild Wings even tweeted like numerous times. It's like, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was like it was like their commercials came true to life. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute fantastic game. And and yeah. you know, I think I put out the tweet too of you know, so many people. I'm sure your guys' timelines were the same way. So many people were talking about the game. A lot of non-soccer people were talking yeah. about that right. game. Right. I just hope that everybody brings that same energy at the end of July and beginning of August when the Women's World Cup starts. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, believe, I believe they will. Yeah, well, and I, like, I was getting texts from, like, people that, like, I know are not soccer people, like, and we're just so yeah. stoked, like, what is happening? This is the craziest thing. And <laughs> the problem is, like, so many people have said this, but it's just, like, if that's the first soccer game you've ever tuned into, you might never want to turn into one again, because they don't get that good all the time. I know, I know. It was, I, I mentioned this, um, one of the previous podcasts, that one of the previous episodes we were on, I mentioned this, I think I had, I had about 12 different uh, group chats going all simultaneously on, on the phone. Right. And it was, you know, it was buddies, coaching buddies, a lot of non-soccer buddies as well. It's just in kind of, I guess, acquaintances that were on the chat as well. And it was just, it was all kinds of, this is forget about soccer. It was just, they bypassed soccer. They bypassed, they just said it was, this was probably the single greatest like sporting event that they had seen. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, and it was, 75 minutes of oh my god bummer right this is going to be pretty boring significantly one-sided and then it just you know all it takes is you know they always you hear it all the time right as cliche as it is that that two nil lead right the most dangerous lead there is in the game and then boom and then we were in we were in store for quite a ride for about the next what was that 40 45 50 minutes yep it's like mbappe finally just was like all right i'm done like let's just let's do something here that second goal was like so worthy of the world cup final like that goal was absolutely and like argentina's second goal was amazing as well like there was just some really quality goals in that game when you talk about martinez's save in what was basically one of the last plays of extra time right could you imagine i mean by a fraction of a difference that ball that ball goes in right that ball goes in for france and game over yeah game over and so it's just it was and i think I think the greatest thing to witness, whether you're a soccer fan or not, is, you know, Mbappe and Messi for sure. These are these are household names, even by by social soccer fan standards. Right. And you got to witness great be great on the biggest of stages. And they were just going back and forth, back and forth. That's that's special. That's that's like you don't almost never do you get to witness that. No, I think like one of my favorite tweets was like, 
trying to explain this in uh, to non-soccer people in basketball terms. It's as if Michael Jordan and LeBron James were in the NBA Finals Game 7 and like one dropped 60, one dropped 50, and the game was decided by a last-second buzzer beater. Like it's just like like all the things that could possibly have happened happened in that game. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. It was the gr- great way to end to to end a World Cup on the field. On the field, it was um, amazing. Off the field, that's a whole other podcast, of course. But yeah, um, thoughts on Team USA on the U.S. Men's National Team? You want to go, Nick? Uh, you can start off. You're pretty passionate about this. <laughs> so <laughs> I. I'm not going to say that I had my hopes up or that, you know, I had such a high standard, but I am very kind of disappointed uh, in our play. I felt, and I, I think, I don't know if I, I think, I feel like I said this to Nick, but I know I said to a lot of other friends, you can't go into the world cup saying we're going to win every game one, nothing. And yeah. I am a person, if anybody knows the way I coach and things like that, it's all gas, no breaks. You know, once you get the first one, go get a second, go get a third. Um, and I, for for my non-soccer friends who watched and their commentary at halftime and in the second half of every game was so spot on. And they were just like, why are we getting so conservative and just playing defense for 45 minutes? Um, And so, you know, I, this is a whole, like we could talk about this for the next two hours, but I thought we got out coached in every game. Um, now, did we have a good game plan in a couple of the games? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I thought our substitutions were way too late. I didn't like our roster that we brought in the first place. Um, we had no well, the depth striker. It showed up. It showed up with the depth. I think. That oh, was for part sure. Of it, right. Right. For and sure. the moment you broke the moment you broke up that MMA midfield, it showed. Right. It showed. Yeah. And, and Kenny not being able to go beyond what maybe sixty five minutes that that hurt. That hurt. Yeah. I, I just felt like. Oh, man, you know, and, and a lot of people said, well, this is what happens when you don't play in the World Cup before. And I don't know necessarily that I agree with that. Um, but I do think that um, we got to play in a lot better tournaments before the World Cup. Uh, we got to play much better friendlies. Um, but I don't I'm I, I get a lot of hate for this. I don't think Greg coaches in the next one. And I don't think that he should either. Um I, I think the message was lost. I really think just recently in the last week, I think we've seen that he, I think he's lost the players um, for, you know, saying obviously the geo Reina gate and things like that. Um, but I, I think, you know, saying that all the stuff was in house, it's in house. And then he comes out public with it. I just, I don't know how he can be the guy that leads them. Um, and we, we gotta get somebody that can have the tactics. I mean, Louis van Hall is not the greatest coach in the world but he's really good at changes and tactics. And that's what was a buzzsaw for us. The whole, whole tournament. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go like a different direction in terms of just like, cause I, I think what Sean said was all spot on. I think for me, I was like actually really happy with our players. Like, I think when I look at how we did like Matt Turner not, had a great tournament, like, you know, like obviously the last game, but like before literally our fourth game, he had not given up a goal through the run of play. It was just a penalty kick. And then obviously like anyone that watched Tim Ream play, like couldn't have been happier. Like Tim Ream stepped up having not gotten called up in forever. 
and had a, and a big game. And whoever we were playing the other center back, I think was a semi-weak link on our team, but like they did their job for the most part. I, I really liked both our outside backs. I thought Robinson had a great tournament. Dest was great. And I, I loved our midfield. They, the big thing and there was, um, there's a guy, I don't, I don't want to call out people's names, but a guy tweeting about like how, like when we talk about how young this midfield is, remember that England's is like, it was like six days younger at the time for the England game. Our midfield played Mason Mount and <laughs> and Declan Rice off the pitch. Like that was like, I think where we were the more dominant in that game was our midfield. And so it's like, when you look at Musa McKinney and Tyler Adams, like an awesome tournament. And then Pulisic did his job. Like, again, going and assist. What else can you ask for? He should have scored his one. Oh, we lost Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, he'll um, be right back. You have to go and, um, something. So, like, Tim – and then Tim Weah was great. And I thought, honestly, it's so unfortunate that Josh Sargent ended up getting hurt because right before he got hurt yeah. and when he found his rhythm in that last game, I thought he was great for us. And, again, that doesn't mean we're going to win a World Cup. And we obviously still have so far to go, but, like, I was really happy with our team. Like that's the first time I've felt as a U.S. fan in my lifetime that I was like, okay, like we're asserting ourselves in every game. Like we've beaten better teams, obviously, mm-hmm. than than we than the Dutch. Like in the past, like we absolutely have. But that was the first time where I was like, oh, we're really in this game. And I know people like, oh, they were conceding possession. They could have been, but like we outshot them, had more expected goals than them, and had more of the ball. And that doesn't mean that we were the better team of the day, but like that's a good step for us, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when you, so when you talk about the U S men's national team, <clears throat> part of my assessment, I think you, you saw two things. You saw their age, you saw them get exposed in terms of their, the youth and the lack of experience a little bit in certain moments, right. That, Oh, I think we just lost Nick as well. Well, I'll con- I'll continue while they, while they join us, but we were talking about the, um, so the U.S. men's national team, right, and a couple of things is the England. Here we go. There we go. That was really weird. I don't know why I got kicked out. Yeah, um, we lost you. We were talking about the youth. That was the last thing I heard. Yeah, yeah. So apologies there to everybody. Um, so what I what I noticed was, uh, Sean, you back with us? Can you hear us? Yeah, you're muted, but I think you can hear us. Oh, yes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can hear you. Lap, yeah. Laptop is charging as we speak now. There we go. Okay, so. Apologies to everybody. Little quick uh, tech difficulties there, but we're good to go. So it wouldn't be soccer chat without a mess up. Right. <laughs> my assessment, I think, and I still want to go back and look look at these matches again, right? But I think the the youth, the youthfulness, the lack of experience, it showed in moments that second half of Wales, right? Yeah. I think, ironically, kind of contrary, a little bit contrarian to uh, to Sean's point was. I thought where they played their best was where they didn't score at all was against England, right? That mm-hmm. you talk about that midfield. I know one of my favorite memes that was out there after the England game was, you know, the actor, Terry, former football player, Terry Crews. It says he's Tyler Adams. He's got like four people in a headlock and everything, you know, so which was the the England uh, midfield. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that midfield, what I took away from it was we clearly kind of came out with a certain sort of with, with an identity from the standpoint of our midfield, but you know, that's a lot to put on three, you know, three individuals when you clearly have no number nine. Right. And then also, you know, you have a 35 year old center back who is playing out of his mind. Right. Um, so, so it was a, so it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag there. I think I completely agree with Sean in terms of Burhalter, Right. I think 
when you do what you do when you're at a quote unquote leadership symposium and you think you're off the record, I just that tells me one of two things is is he simply he's he's obviously he's either naive or he just he's it's a done deal. He's not returning or there's no intent for him to want to come back. I feel like that was kind of the talk after the cup was that he was already looking to try to get to England. Um, And I don't think, I don't think there's any mystery about that. I think he's let it be known, but, but I think what got people kind of got them going a little bit was when I know they put that out, that the the soccer federation was officially in negotiations with a new contract with, with Burhalter. So, yeah. So I don't know who knows, but yeah, but you're right. I think, how do you, how do you establish trust? How do you regain the quote unquote locker room after, after that? You you hear, you heard the whole time from Taylor Twelman about, and not just with Burhalter with the um, Germany coach and, and a couple of others. And he said that second cycle is so hard to keep those mm-hmm. players into you, what you're, you're buying and what you're selling. Um, and I just, I don't know, you know, I, I was going to ask this too, when you guys start bringing up the world cup, do you think how obviously for some teams that showed it didn't matter, but do you think had the cup been at the normal time and they had that whole postseason of their pro leagues to be together and training camp, and then to go in, I, I feel like if we had that opportunity, because you're thinking all these guys are coming in from their mm-hmm. uh, their pro teams, and we saw with the U.S. with their their social media, you had three guys coming in at a time on various <laughs> days. Um, you know how much would that time together in their mm-hmm. pro off seasons uh, or pro seasons yeah. would they have had to kind of you know you, you heard that they they were super tight knit, they were close, uh, were always together in their their hangout area. But the thing that really struck me, um, I, I don't know. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a big Eric Winalda mark. Uh, and he had a very interesting comment after the uh, um, the first game. And he said the thing that he was the most worried about was every single player got their own room to stay in. He said, if I'm Walker mm-hmm. Zimmerman, the last thing I need after that giving up that penalty is to be in a room by myself. He along, needs along his, with your thoughts. Yeah. yeah he, he's like, he needs a roommate to be like, hey man, it's whatever. We got this. Don't worry, let's move on. And so, you know, I, I just there's so much to unpack. And like I said, I don't think we've got two hours to 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 go on about right, it. But I, I I do wonder about you know if we would have had if it would have been the normal time um to have that that training camp beforehand and whatnot mm-hmm. um because i mean it's, it's it, nick goes through the same thing and any coach does the same thing like if you're a club coach you get all these kids in from their high school teams where their high school teams all play seven different ways and you've got to get them all in to do one nick's got his team and when he's freshmen come in and they're used to playing two different ways from their club and their high school team now they got to play the the saint mary's way uh you know that that can be a tough adjustment and these players mm-hmm. are having to make that adjustment uh, right, right at the beginning. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's so much to unpack there. I think the, the, the big thing that I walk away from with this particular world cup is when you just look at it as a whole is I think this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this, this kind of affirms, or at least in terms of the trends and analysis of where I think the game is headed, that this is really the, the world cup, the big tournament, major tournament where the argument of possession of needing possession, absolutely putting a focus on it died. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we look at, 
was Spain versus Morocco. Spain got up to, I think, like 85% possession at some at a certain point in that match. Look at Croatia having almost 70% possession over Argentina. It, you know, and and that was a routine, that was a routine trend that you were seeing. I think the other trend that I noticed quite a bit that I think the athletic put out was games at the 30 minute mark is when games took off, right? And I, I noticed the trend was somewhere right around the 30 minute mark you started seeing the goals happening and then again in the second half around the 75 minute mark which held to form because when we look at the world cup final when did all the action start right so yeah. it was just it was it was interesting it was just interesting how that was talking about those final 15 minutes in each respective half is that is that also a, re a reflection of what you're talking about or these teams not having enough time to be together even though they're in season largely other than the maybe MLS. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, yeah interesting think, take. Yeah. I think the other thing that I found interesting is the teams outside of Morocco. Um, so that's a little bit, but like the teams that tend to have a, a person who could consistently score goals like that, I think was Spain's biggest issue. I think like they, they didn't know who was going to score a goal. Like they, like in that, even mm -hmm. when you look at their lineup um, against Morocco, like they didn't really have a true forward in there. They had a lot of people yeah. that, like, again, we're great on the ball. I can run at people and things like that. But, like, they don't really have a true forward. And so as good as your midfield, and they have some of the best midfielders in the world, like young Gavi, right. I think, is phenomenal. Right. Like, there's so many yeah. phenomenal players. Like, at the end of the day, like, and that's why I think Argentina, like, <laughs> Messi, like, they were obviously getting a lot of PKs and stuff too, but Messi was putting them away and France was getting their goal. Like, they, they got their goals from their big people. And I think that's what we're struggling as a nation right now. Like, that, like we if you look at it, like, our wing play is pretty good right now. Our midfield pretty good right now. Like it, it's just like we don't have that person that you're like is going to score game in a game out at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's. I don't know. That's you know. I was still very much salty about no Ricardo Pepe making the roster. Yeah. That's me personally. Because but that's two know. of that's, us. Yeah, we can. Because uh, he's the guy that he basically got them in the cup. Yeah, and he get he. Yeah kept Greg his job and that's how you reward him. I hope that Pepe yeah. and um oh my goodness Chris um I can never Richards yeah. uh you know mm. like there's so many of these young guys that you know they have to be upset that they didn't get in. Um but you hope that this really drives them uh for for 2026. Like how's your right. right staring it up at Rangers right now? Like there's like plenty of guys that are still mm -hmm. doing really good stuff. I had like I, the whole Raji thing or Haji thing, I have like no like feelings about him one way or the other, but there's a Twitter account that's called uh US Men's National Team Burner, and they are like the biggest Haji Wright fan that you'll ever meet. And so, like mm. the only reason that like I was tweeting about Haji Wright, like when he would come to the games, was because of being influenced by this social media account <laughs> that was in love with him. And, and what uh, was that again? US MNT what? I think it's USMNT Burner. Burner, okay. Yeah, uh, so I'm a super fun account. They do any American that's playing abroad. They post like their lineups each day. When somebody scores, they they like. Mm -hmm. I don't know who runs it, but they do a really good job. But the yeah, only, yeah. The, I at first I was like Haji Wright, like okay, yeah, like he's done all right where he's at in his pro, but I just don't think that he's the guy for us. But this account kind of like talked me into it during the, the world cup. So he would come on to, he'd come on the field and um, everybody back. Oh man, Haji, right. I'm back. No, like he's solid. Like we're all fans of him now. 
Uh, like, so he, he has a cult following now. I'm like, P-Fox scored a goal yesterday, too. Like, there's like, Yeah, it's yeah. another cat. Didn't somebody just express interest in, in Haji? Like, wasn't that just on Twitter, I think, last week? Something like that. Well, I thought I saw something like that. But, but speaking of, I think it was P-Fox you think you were talking about. What really upset me was Burhalter making a comment about we don't have people scoring in the Champions League. Scoring goals in the Champions League—that's like he said that at the after the last game, and it was like ESPN put out a graphic that was like, "Nah, dog, here's all the people on your roster, and that wasn't on the roster that Americans that have scored in the Champions League recently." Mm-hmm. And he was referencing Memphis Depay, who like hasn't yeah. scored in like three years in the Champions League. <laughs> Just who had the that best, was yeah, one of the best most game of his life. Yeah. Asinine yeah. comments I've ever heard before. I know. And back to Triple G, I guess we'll, that's the last thing we'll wrap up with, so we can move on. But I think. I don't think the question at this point is, does he re- does he return right for a second a second tour? I I don't I really don't think he does. Like the question is really, and that what's going to really determine in terms of his status is who do we bring in because you really have to get this one right for a number of reasons, right for the talent pool because you got to remember it's not obviously this twenty six man mm-hmm. roster they're not going to all be back. We know that. But it's that next group, right, that's behind them, right, that are even younger that are going to try to push through. And then it's on home soil, right? So you got to have you got to have the right coach. You got it. So that's the question is, who do they bring in and who's, think, and who's willing who's willing to take that job? I, 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 I know of somebody who's willing to take the job. I don't think they're going to get offered and we're going to lose out on it. And that's all I'm allowed to say. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I feel like I'm becoming like Ian Rappaport in soccer now. Like, I'm like <laughs> people know, are sending man. me stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh. But I, I, I do think that we we have the right person for the job, and I think we're just we're not even paying attention. I'll tell you somebody whose name I throw out, and people can laugh at me all they want to. Laura Harvey. Mm-hmm. Let her have our men's team and watch what happens. Yeah, I mean, like for me, like the number one thing is like. There, there's never been a World Cup coach that has won with a foreign country. And like, as much as I, I agree that like we don't have the best ideas right now, and there's things that we like we need to fix. Like, I don't know. I do think there's some merit to having a coach that like was born like and understands our team and our culture and is invested mm-hmm. in it a little bit more. And because like when you see the passion of the coaches that win it all the time, like it's. It's it's more to them than just the coaching gig. It's it's yeah. their life. It's what they grew up with. It's the most the thing that they're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. I have one guy that comes to mind, but he's obviously currently employed and uh, he's in the Premier League. So yeah, Jesse Marsh. Uh, I don't yep. like. Why would he so, take it at this point? He's got a great gig. Like, I, well, I, I think well, hasn't he said like it's not really on his radar. I just don't know if it plays out a certain way because you know how things are in the Premier League for managers, right? If mm-hmm. if his season in the next couple of months goes in a different direction and the Federation isn't entertaining that, doesn't reach out or says maybe, hey, not right now, and then just it becomes a timing thing, right? If they go ahead, make a decision, make a hire, and then, God, you know, God forbid, he, he, gets, he gets sacked, you know, a month later. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's what I'm afraid of. It's kind of one. It's more of one of those. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I hope, I hope he has success at Leeds. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't want it to go that direction. What about what about so. Tommy Tuchel? I hate Chelsea. Why? So. Why? Well, I, 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 I'm not even when he's no, 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 Chelsea, I'm saying if you're him, if you're if you're him, I think why? That's because that's what I would ask. It's, if, it's, if you're, it's something if you're that you him. haven't gotten yet. 
and I hate saying it, but if you if if you're a, a top tier manager and you go and you have success with the U.S. Men's, men's national team, would we all agree that the men's the U.S. men's national team is a stepping stone in international coaching? Yeah, but I think at his age, because how old is he? Is he's like early forties, isn't he? Something like that, I think. So I just the international game is different, obviously, from when you're used to that club, right? The, the mm-hmm. club setting and how very little time you have with with your guys and constant camps. You have them for what two, three weeks. You play maybe three, three or four friendlies, and then boom, they're gone again. I don't. I don't. I think I don't, his his in game strategy and his ability to yeah you know, tactical is just. I mean, something something along those lines. I think is. I don't is question that. I don't. I don't question that whatsoever. I think it's more of if you're him from his perspective. Well, I think I think the know, biggest or, thing that or, helps is he's available. Yeah. You or know, you so, have to just throw some serious money at it. Yeah. At, you know, is it bad? Is it bad? I think everybody and their brother will play Monday morning quarterback of who we want. Mm-hmm. You know, most people say Jesse Marsh. Well, like you said, he's locked in a contract right now. So my only thing about Tuchel is he's available. I mean, we can't get Pep right now. We can't get Jesse Marsh. You know, we can't get, uh, you know, whoever else, Mourinho. But of, of coaches who are available at this moment in time, he may be the best one. Yeah. 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 So. All right, we'll leave it at that because I know we'll, otherwise we'll be at it for another hour and a half. So, <laughs> all right, so tell us we start segueing over to your seasons. Your, you know, we look back to this this uh, fall season you all just had. Thoughts, lessons learned as you guys get ready for your, for your springs, and then ultimately working towards next season. Kind of thoughts and where where are you headed? You go first, Sean. You had a pretty exciting year. We did. We did. Um... We had the best season in program history this past year, and we made the uh, the conference tournament for the first time in program history. Uh, you know, from only scoring eight goals my previous two years combined. But I'm going to need a good one for this. I'm going to need a good one for this. And only winning two games in those first two years. Uh, we won seven games, and we scored 43 goals this year. Uh, nice. So, you know, we're, def- we're definitely on the up. Um, the thing I, I enjoy is the fact that we're about two years ahead of, of where I thought we would be at uh, and just nice. really excited about what we've got coming in. I think um, I think a lot of kids are, are getting interested, and this was kind of the year that they saw that we're a program that's for real. We're not just the the social media people uh, with our videos <laughs> and our graphics. Like, we yeah. can ball too. So uh, very excited about, about next year. Got a good class coming in, still recruiting for 2023 too. Uh, we've got a trip to – we're going to the Women's World Cup in Australia – uh, in the yeah. summertime. So we, we definitely got big things ahead for Brush Women's Soccer. Yeah, that's a great little logistics breakdown of that. When do you when do you leave? How long are you all gone for? And I know some of what you got going on there, but when how long are you gone for? Is it we're gone for nine days? Um, oh yeah. So nine days. Um we'll be in we arrive to Sydney on the twentieth, which is opening game night for uh for the World Cup. Uh, and then we'll get to see two games while we're there. Uh, and then we're going to leave on the 29th. Yeah. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that World Cup. I think it'll be a great buzz. The fact that this World Cup was so late, the men's World Cup, that, you know, we're, what, six months, six and a half months away from another one. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And what I'm not like 213 to, days or something like that. Yeah. What I'm not looking forward to are going to be these uh, these game times, being that it's where <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. So, Nick, how about you, buddy? Yeah, no, season went well this year. Um, I think, um, 
like for me, it's, it was, uh, it was an interesting year because we come off a really good season last year, very similar to Sean. It had been maybe the best year the program had had in about like 25, 30 seasons. And so we had a lot of returners, a lot of big expectations going into season. And then we were one of the teams that just caught the ACL bug this year. Uh, we actually had four kids on our team oh. do ACLs from uh, April until September. And so both of our starting center serious? backs and an outside back. And so <clears throat> it was just one of those things where we had to like have a lot of new people step up. And so I joke with people like we started the season, the second center back did her ACL in the third game. And so we, we went, we started off two and oh, and then we lost our next four games, like right after that stretch. And we played some good teams to be fair. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I'd ever lost four games in a row since I'd started coaching college. And I'm just like, all of our players are coming to me and like, like just kind of in panic mode. And it's just like, guys, like people are going to step up. We're going to be fine. It's just like yeah. now all these freshmen are playing right now. It's like, it's just right. going to take them a few games to, to figure it out. And then it was nice. Cause after the sixth game, when we started two and four, we ended the season with nine wins, one loss and two ties in our final 12 games. And so it was just like, we were able to turn it around, but it was just, it was funny. Cause like, it was more, it was the first time in a while as a coach that I've had to like be like the pot, like I, I'm a pretty positive person, but like that I feel like I was almost pulling them more out of the gutter than I like. And I felt like in the gutter for sure. I had other people pulling me out of the gutter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I felt like I was pulling our players out and be like, no, no, we're good. Like it's going to happen. Everything's yeah. great. Um, and so it's just one of those things where, again, it was a, ended up being a really fun year. We ended up uh, making the conference tournament for the second time in school history. Right. And, Having a lot of wow. like fun times, and again, it was just just looked a lot different this year's journey to the common mm -hmm. tournament than last year's journey to the common tournament did. Wow, that's awesome. That's all. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about the uh, the injuries. Ho hopefully, they're recovering. But yeah, that's you guys kind of had your own little mini uh, mini French team going there, right? Yes. A bunch of people stepping up with a lot of injuries and whatnot. So that's yeah. awesome. So it was, and again, it's just like of anything, like we all like we have to design our programs in a way where you have to bank on the fact that you might have an injury and sometimes it might take you a few games to figure it out. But like, if we're doing our jobs well as coaches and recruiters, like the next people are ready to go. And we didn't just train the starting 11 every single day. Like we worked with the other 20 and we need right. them to be ready to go when their moments called. Right. Recruiting going well, getting ready for next season. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like anyone, I, like obviously I'd love a few more studs and hopefully we end up getting them. We're, we're talking to quite a few, but yeah, I think we're in a good spot. I, I think it's been it's been fun because we don't recruit the Midwest hardly at all. Um, and so most of our roster, again, is from Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Colorado. Um, and so it's it's kind of fun because we always it's always hard because I never know if our kids are any good and so, like in relation to the Midwest. Right. Like because they never play anyone from around here. So like none of my commits will ever play any of Jason Murphy at UWL's commits. And so it's like, until they get here and they're playing each other, I have no idea if our kids are even comparable. So it's always a fun, a fun uh, journey to figure that one out. Yeah, I know, Sean, I've had plenty of these conversations with Sean, but I know we got to get you down here and uh, open up the recruiting, uh, open up the recruiting cabinet, the recruiting bin, whatever you want to call it down here as well. So that's so great soccer. I'd love to get in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So we segue over United Soccer Coaches Convention. Tell us, talk about that. What's on tap? What are you guys going on? What's going on? What are you guys working at? I know. What can you announce? I know you got some stuff that's you're gonna you're gonna announce later as well. So where are you at with that? Oh, is this my part? This is why I have you and my wife and my assistant coach to do all the 
important stuff for me. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Designated spokesperson here. So, yeah. so Soccer Chat will be live at convention again this year. Uh, I'm really excited. Our, our guests are going to be dropping um, here pretty soon. Uh, we've got some really good uh, good shows lined up. Uh, I think we're, we've got a we've got some returners that we obviously you know have to keep tradition, traditions going of, of having people back with us. Um, but I think there's also there's also some new people uh, that's going to be on as well. Um, I'll I'll give a little tease. Uh, we have two coaches who are going to be on with us uh, who won the national championship in their first year of being a head nice. coach. Um, nice. And we've got uh, we've got a good mix of college coaches, pro coaches, club coaches. Uh, obviously, people can stop by uh, and, and say hello to us. Um, then we've got. Uh, we try to get to every social that we can. Obviously, we get to the women's coaches social, uh, black coaches social, um, any type of event that that's going on where uh, supporters and, and people can be there. We're going to be there as much as we can. Um, but I think, you know, for for Nick and myself, I, every year we always talk about kind of slowing it down and not having as many guests and, and things like that. And I always find my way of like overbooking us a little bit. But I, I really think this year just because of, the importance of a lot of the speakers that are are going to be presenting at convention. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll probably end up having three or four shows a day. If that, um, the only bummer is that we don't have, um, a connection to, to internet while we're there. So I may try to do a, a live show if my, uh, if my phone will support it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, all the shows that, that we record are going to be, uh, will be, be put up online afterwards. I will say this, um for anybody who's watching we're going to release this later uh this evening um but anybody who's watching this right now you're getting here first not on soccer chat not on our twitter chat you're getting it on the 50 50 pod um all right if you are deciding on whether or not that you want to go to convention or not nick and myself are going to get you a discount all you got to do is make sure to go on uh and when you check out there are asked for a promo code you're going to want to put hashtag chat 70 or uh, I'm sorry, chat 23. So hashtag chat 23 uh, and get yourself a discount. So that way, you know, if there was something that was keeping you from going to convention, now you can do it. Uh, and hopefully uh, the Nick and I can, can help out with that a little bit with that promo code. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So again, one more time, a little bit of breaking news there. So share that with us one more whoa, time. Whoa, 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 <laughs> share that with us one more time, that code. It is hashtag chat 23. There we go. Awesome. Great stuff. So thank you for that. Um, What's got you, maybe both of you, what has you maybe the most excited about the convention this year? I mean, this is not different than anywhere, any, any year that we've done this before, but I think this as cool as the speakers are and everything, it's fun to catch up with people that you don't see all the time. And so I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is just, again, being able to see a lot of my friends that I might only get to see once or twice a year um, that we're very connected, obviously, through social media and through text and calls and things like that. But just very, very excited to, to catch up with everyone. I, I think the last year was kind of like a teaser. Um, just because of the, you know, in 2020, it was virtual last year, there were still a lot of mandates and and things, you know, almost being that back to normal this year, a little bit. Um, I I think we'll, we'll kind of open things up a little bit more. Um, but I'm, I'm the same as Nick, you know, we've been talking all week about 
we have all these coaching friends all across the country that we talk to talk to electronically uh, that we only get to see once a year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty big uh, event for us to be able to to see those people and, and be able to, uh, you know, give them a high five, give them a hug uh, and kind of, you know, just kind of spend a, f- a few days, you know, get a little bit more in depth in our conversations uh, about what we do and why we do it. And, and I've mentioned too um, on our, on our show this week, we have a couple of presenters that are on and, and I talk about, you know, for me, the convention really, it kind of reignites my flame every year um, for mm. coaching. I, I always say that between, the convention and the ID camps I work in the summertime though, I get two instances that really just boost my charge and my battery for coaching and my drive. Um, and so that's the thing that I've, I've, I'm super excited about is I know the year that we just had coming off uh, with Brescia. And I know that what I'm going to pick up uh, and the energy I'm going to pick up from this year's convention is just going to lead us to where, uh, where we want to go for next year too. Yeah. Nick, same thing. Yeah, no, no, yeah, kind of what I said. Like, I'm just very excited to see yeah. everyone. I think there's a, a few presenters, obviously, that are going to be very, very cool to see. Like, I'm just intrigued with like some of the ones like Jesse Marsh is coming. Like, obviously, like that's virtual, pretty, I think. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. sorry, but like he's presenting. Um, but it, like uh, you have guys like him, and then I don't know, like Sarah Loudon's pre- presenting. So we always get to like Becky Burley's presenting, like Big D, Donna Fisher, Celia Slater, like people that again are very close friends of ours. And so it'll be cool to like go watch their presentations and see how they're doing their stuff. Yeah. It's one of those that I continue to stress with, excuse me, when I speak with, with coaches, particularly club and especially Texas high school soccer coaches here is continuing to the, why they should be members. But also I know the hardest part is really is generally speaking, we can't attend, right? Cause we're right smack dab in the middle of our season. So, and that's the hardest part. I know one of the things that I would have, you know, had, uh, I was, I would have been most excited about had I had the opportunity to go was, you know, us being, you know, formally invited by, uh, by United soccer coaches to be part of podcast row, which I know, as you all know, that's, you know, that's not easy to, to accomplish. So I was really excited about it, looking forward to it, but I think the timing of it and when we were, unfortunately, when we were asked, it was just it was a little late in terms of the logistics of our season. So, uh, but maybe there's always another time, right? What was that saying that you said, Sean? There's always next year. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, one more question before we transition guys. So this one unrelated to everything we've talked about, but I kind of want to get this affects you all or impacts you all differently, uh, but affects you all differently as well. So kind of want to get your thoughts, your assessment from from when you look at it from your point of view on the, this is, and I promise this is, I'm not trying to make this a loaded question, but it kind of is thoughts on the state of the transfer portal right now, just college athletics in general, and then specifically soccer. I I can go first on this one. I think, I think that there are obviously with anything, I think there's a lot of positives on it like in terms of players being able to have a little bit more autonomy and stuff where they're, where they're going and with the NILs and everything, obviously players are able to make money for themselves and help their families and things like that. I very similar to like the COVID year when they started granting all these people extra years for, I don't think they had any idea how like that they were opening up Pandora's box for everywhere. And so I think when, when you make these decisions, 
obviously it's hard to predict what is all going to happen because of this decision, but I don't think they could have possibly imagined the amount of transfers and everything that would be going. I think the other thing that's kind of hard for me to swallow and I'm not, I'm not going to call it again, call it specific people, but like, I, I think it's weird that players don't have like that. It's all about winning at a certain point and not about their coaches and their relationship with their team and their relationship with the school. Like there was a player the other day that was like, had all these accolades that transferred to like a slightly better program. And it just like, and maybe yeah. there's other extenuating circumstances, but it's just like, I, like uh, Chris Henderson, who I love following on Twitter is great for women's college soccer. Right. Like tweeting out that it's like, no mid-major is going to keep their best player ever again. Like because of the transfer portal, like every mid-major from here on out is going to have to figure out a new way to get a good play every year. Because if you have a good player, they're going to go to a power five the next year because everyone's doing it right now. And I'm not sure if I like that. I, I think I would have, and I get that the player has that choice and I, I totally understand it. I just think when so many people aren't going professional, what are we doing by not, like being there with our players and coaches and coaches leave all the time too. I obviously left as a coach to come to St. Mary's as, as well, but I just think it's weird that it's become such a standard that everyone leaves all the time. And it just, it's yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's just kind of, it's, it's a little bit out of control in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to say it's, it's out of control as well. Um, I, I think, you know, Nick kind of hit it on the head of if you've got a really good player coming in, um, he, how long are you going to have them now? Because of right. these schools are are going after, um, you know, anybody who's got that experience. You know, I, I had a recruiting seminar a couple weeks ago, and a parent asked me um, of, a, of a high school player. They said, you know, how does that affect my kid when it comes to recruiting? And I said, you know, there, there's a massive difference between bringing in an 18 year old uh, with high school and club experience and bringing in a 20 year old yeah. who has college experience. Um, there's a massive difference. I said, you know, I think if it's done correctly, you can still bring in that 20 year old and use that 18 year old to, to develop them into what you want them to be. Um, but I, th I think like Nick said, I, I don't know that everybody was really prepared for what it was going to do. Um, and it is kind of a free for all now. Now it's all about, um, you know, like, like Nick said, it's not about that relationship with your team and with your coaches and your, and your teammates it's, are we winning? And if we're not right. winning, well, I'm going to go over here now. Um, and I, I think too, I don't think a lot of kids look at, you know, I, as adults, we look at moving jobs as, well, is it a lateral move or is it a horizontal move? And I think like Nick said, there's a lot of kids who are, who are going into the portal and they're just making lateral moves. And it may, it, it's like, you just are going to what you just came from. Um, right. So I, I, I just, I, I think it's, I don't know how to police it now because it's been the wild, wild west since, since the last mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, but I definitely think it is, it is changing the game because now, you know, while, while we all are out looking for a specific player recruiting wise, now you also have to kind of watch from the college game and go, oh, Hey, do we, do we think we got a chance at, at bringing that kid in? So um, I know for, I, I, I don't know how much fight for Nick, but I know like for us at the NAIA mm -hmm. level, you know, now I kind of, I kind of wonder about, you know, if we start producing players, are we going to kind of be like junior colleges? Are we going to be able to keep players for a couple of years? Um, and then are they going to start heading out to go to, to NCAA schools? Right. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, I had, so I had this conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, I had this conversation with a, a college coach recently who I won't mention any names, but very good, very, very highly respected coach, have a gr- you know, great, good relationship with them. And uh, one of the things or two things came up really was one, this exact conversation came up and part of kind of, and this speaks a little bit to what Nick was talking about is they feel, they feel that it's kind of driven. You have, you have some, you have some players on, on at certain schools and certain programs that they like where they're at. They're having some success, but then what's happening is the, it's kind of, I don't want to call it monkey see monkey do, but it's kind of fueled by the unknown, maybe a little bit of insecurity that, Hey, all my good friends at this program where I'm very comfortable, happy, they're leaving. Right. So, and the unknown of not knowing what's going to be there. So they enter the portal as well. Right. So it's this kind of vicious cycle. And then the other thing, the thing that really kind of caught my attention, because I hadn't really looked at it, but, and it also ties into what Nick was talking about is the, they're talking about that just everything from mid-major group of five, whatever you want to call it. Right. From there down, um, is it essentially the new, but particularly D1, right? Group of five, maybe even your upper level D2s, is it essentially now become the new, the new JUCO, right? The new junior college, right? Because of how the portal is actually being utilized. Yeah, I, I, I guys, I think like Nick said, you, you're going to get players who, who come in and have a really, really good season, and all of a sudden, somehow, some way, they're going to know that yeah. X school is looking at them. Um, and they're, you know, they're going to go to Nick and say, Hey, I want to go in the portal or, or, and, you know, all of a sudden, like, so are, are we basically going to be the, are we the minor leagues now to get these kids ready for the power five? And like you said, I think that's a very good point of is basically the, 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 are we all going to be JUCOs now? Are we going to be able to get kids for, for two years and then just have to send them off? But I, I think the other thing that kids got to realize is that the lower divisions, we, yeah, you know what, we could become that, but there's not enough spots for at those power right. five schools for every single team to have a group of kids that are going to come in for two years and then think they're going to go off to a, a division one school. Those spots mm-hmm. are few and far in between. So I, I, I think the other thing too, I, I was saying this in a recruiting seminar. I, I, I feel like Nick may kind of agree. Um, I, I think again, it, it, it comes down mm-hmm. to the education piece of what are the kids know, learning about the school before they get there? What are they knowing about the team before they get there? Are they choosing it just off of soccer? Are they choosing it just off the coach? Um, and you see a lot of the coaches right now, are, and I, I there's a bunch of people who are using hashtag right fit now. Because I think there's a group of us that are like, this transfer portal thing's mm-hmm. gotten way out of hand. And right. what can we as coaches do now? Even if it's not our school, what can we do to educate kids and parents about the right fit? Because um, right. I, I personally, I think the transfer portal in its original form, completely understand. But I think now it's a cop out to where, oh, I'm not getting blah, blah, blah or whatever. You see more how many more kids are getting the portal for that reason than, hey, I think I'd like a new challenge. You know, I I was just conference player of the year or I was D3 player of the year. Maybe maybe I can make it at a at a division one level. Um, You know, I I can understand those things. But, you know, it's the old man in me starting to come out. I realized the other day I'm getting really, really old of like some of the, some of the best lessons you're going to learn in life is from failures. You can't have success without failure. 
Um, so I, I, I think it's just a thing of, of people just not knowing what, what the fit is and you, in your clubs, they, once they can say, Hey, we sent somebody off to a division one school. Well, yeah, you may transfer. They're not going to make a big graphic for it. They're not going to say, Oh, Hey, yeah. You know, this person went to this school too. They got their statistic they need from the year before. So, um, I, I would I definitely have to say that it's a love hate relationship, uh, with, with the yeah. transfer portal. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think it's you sounding like the uh, "get off my lawn" guy. You know, I don't think it's that. I'm, I'm getting there though, but... unfortunately. <laughs> no, but I think because I think the argument there, right, by many people, is the the intent of the policy versus mm-hmm. how it is being utilized. I think, and and that's where, unfortunately, that's where the NCAA, NCAA always has had to step in in terms of regulation and, um, yeah. So. So it's kind of the then it becomes the be careful what you ask for piece as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so you got to factor that in as well. Well, but, look at you look know at you, what's the uh, the quarterback that just went to his fourth school in six years. Uh, oh, I don't know. Gosh, what's his uh, JT Daniels? He I, I think he was at West Virginia this year, and he was at okay. like, I guess he made his name in Ohio State. I, mm-hmm. He may have played at Georgia before. It's like he's been at like really good teams and has gotten beat out every year, and it's yeah. like. So now, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, okay, your fourth school in six years, counting the COVID year, like if I'm a professional scout, what's that tell me as well? I did see the one football player at Oregon who just had his ninth year approved. Did you see that? I don't think it was a quarter. I don't think it was a quarterback, but yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty insane. So, uh, but yeah, I think in terms of the right fit also is the 2021 numbers that were released a while back as, and this kind of speaks specifically kind of more in terms of where you're at, Nick, right. As far as at the D three level is that there's a direct correlation when you start talking about right fit and the numbers within the transfer portal, you know, astronomically high. If you look at D one astronomically high within group five, still pretty high or astronomically high within power five, still pretty high with group group of five, then you go into the D2, they drop down relatively, I'm not going to say significantly, relatively less, but still high. And then this massive drop off at the D3 level, right? Because I think it's that balance, right? That yeah. balance matters. And looking at a school for more than just a soccer program, um, I think they tend to get it right. They tend to get it the most right. And that's also saying that, you know, that they have the highest number of athletes, right? One in, I think, what is it? And check me on this, Nick. I think it used to be one in six students as a student athlete at a D3 school, right? Yep. Something like that. Yeah. So that's insane. So, all right. Uh, this is, uh, we can bring you around. It's totally up to you guys and leave it up to you. If you want to come back for a counter tag segment, ask you eight questions, pick on you guys, or we can wrap it up now. It's totally pick on us. I defer to you all. I defer to you all on this. Pick on us. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be uh, the 50-50 pot if we did it. All right. Awesome. Okay. So, gentlemen, we're going to bring you right back again. This He is Sean Soder. I almost said Nick Soderling again. Almost did it. It's kind of got a good Sean ring Soderling. to it. <laughs> we, we, we get Sean Soderling. We get married at some point. <laughs> Sean Soderling, the head women's soccer coach of Brescia University, and Nick Rizzo, the head women's soccer coach of St. Mary's University in Minnesota. I don't know why I always want to say Mankato, man. I know it's not Mankato, but uh, I'll get it right eventually. So, all right, stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio 
operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we are back. We are joined both by uh, Coach Sean Soderling and Nick Rizzo. I know Nick had to step away for a second, but he'll be right back with us. Coach Sean Soderling, the, again, the head women's soccer coach of Brescia University, as well as Coach Nick Rizzo, the head women's soccer coach of St. Mary's University. Uh, Going to get ready to dive into our second segment, Counterattack, and have fun, not at their expense, but have some fun with them a little bit. But before we do that, let me tell you about our good friends, excuse me, our good friends at Gipper. So, Some of you all have noticed um, that we've been utilizing a different type of graphics as of late for going on about five months now, five, six months now with the 5050 podcast. And it's that's attributed to our good friends at Gipper, who we've partnered with and kind of have totally changed, changed the game in terms of what we're able to do and what we're able to offer. So and we're having a blast utilizing their products, their graphics, their support. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about our friends there. Gipper is Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part? Anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any device whatsoever. Uh, Again, my personal experience, a little bit more advanced on the graphics side, I guess what you would call a power user, but it doesn't matter how much experience you have. They make it as simple or as complex kind of as you you like, but... uh, Again, for listeners, listeners of the fifty of the fifty fifty podcast can receive ten percent off any first time Gipper purchase. Again, that's it full year, uh, full year subscription, ten percent off for any fifty fifty podcast listener. All you got to do is go to gipper.com slash partner slash fifty fifty. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash fifty fifty. All right, gentlemen, counterattack time. Let's dive in. So, all right. First one, and we'll just for order purposes, we'll just go Nick first, Sean second. So cool. I'm right. used to that as, right. as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> there we go. If not a coach, you would have been what? Oh God, I get asked this all the time, and I never know an answer. Um, I would be a fitness instructor. Boom. Nice. Okay. I would probably do something in the entertainment industry uh, between an actor or um, I have a broadcasting degree, so I've been on TV and radio. So I would do something in the entertainment industry. But I also have said recently that I have become mesmerized with chiropractic. Um, and I didn't know what one was till I was like 27 um, hmm. to where like if I was to kind of go back, I think that's what I would have studied um, was, to, was to be a chiropractor. So either either an actor or a chiropractor, one of the two. That's definitely the first. Both of those have been dropped on this podcast, by the way, both actor nice. and chiropractor. So, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dog. Dog. 
one. Uh, yeah, Sean, Sean's one. working with something right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. How would you, so this is an interesting one, right? How would you, if you could go back with the young you as a player, but with what you know now as a coach, how would you have coached you? Oh, that's interesting. I like, I think I was definitely one of those kids that as long as you gave me like, it sounds bad, but like, if it like the cat, like as long as you dangled the string in front of me and like gave me like enough compliments, Nick, Nick has to be baited into anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hey Nick, I, I need you to come over to this thing. Well, what do I get out of it? Oh, here, like, here, here's some drinks. Uh, Let's the come incentive. over here. Yeah. The incentive yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. like simultaneously, as long as you give me like one nice thing for every 20 mean things, I could hold on to that one nice thing. Like, I don't, you know, I didn't definitely didn't need like a ton of encouragement, but like the coaches that coached me really well were the ones that would be like, Hey Nick, you kicked butt today. And then they would yell at me for the next 20 times because that like, it more motivated me to prove people wrong than it did to prove what I thought I was good at. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, man. Um, I was the player that as long as I knew that you believed in me, I was going to run through a brick wall for you. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to, uh, in all the sports that I played, had some really, really good coaches. I was very, very lucky, uh, in that, um, I would have to say if I was coaching me as a player, I, I think I would just probably, man, that's so hard. I've never really thought about that. I think I would I would kind of do the same thing that my previous coaches had done for me is just that consistent letting me know they believe in and, and I, I think the thing that I really enjoyed was I wasn't the superstar on any team that I've played on, but I was always given some really t some some big time tasks that need to be completed mm -hmm. during a game for our team. So um I, I think I would try to, I would coach myself the same way that, that my coaches did. I'm just, I'm a person that if you believe in me, if I know you believe in me, um, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to, to prove that. You know, I'll give you a little, little bit of background on how that question kind of came to be. I was, I was literally, this was, I don't know, maybe about a month ago, <clears throat> excuse me. I was in the middle of our training session, right. For my, my team. And we're in the middle of our, our Rondo progression. And I'm looking at a couple of players and, and I think this happens to every coach is you in terms of just personality, style of play, certain things, right? Mannerisms, you can kind of see yourself in some of your players sometimes, yeah. right? Right. Um, so it just kind of just kind of dawned on me. It was like, well, this, you know, this person's kind of a little bit kind of reminds me of me or how I was told I was when I was a player. So it's like, so how do I approach that? How do I engage with them? And then I said, you know what? I kind of kind of like that. I think I'm going to take that as a question for counterattack. And boom. That's a good yeah, one. I've, I've never thought about that. I, I've thought about yeah. players that like remind me of myself as, as a younger me, but I've never thought about like, Oh, how would I, how would I coach younger me? Mm -hmm. I know how yeah. I would coach young Nick. That's for sure. Oh, oh, well, uh, that's another podcast. All right. <laughs> how, uh, or sorry, watching, watching a movie alone in a theater. Yes or no. Oh, I've done plenty of times. Totally. Okay with it. I've never done it, but I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. perfectly at peace with it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't, I've do never understood why some people, yeah. I do it at home. Why do yeah. I have to feel bad about watching it on a way bigger screen with like way <laughs> higher depth? Like, <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I think, I think as a coach, I'm perfectly comfortable by myself. It, it's when it allows you to be alone with just on the positive, on those notes or what you got to get, what, what you got to get done, what you got to work on. Right. So I don't know. 
it's a, I don't know. Some, I don't know if it's an insecurity thing, what it is just, but some people, I don't know. So, all right. VAR, VAR, whatever you want to call it. Yes or no. Yes. I don't like when calls are incorrect. Like, and again, it's just having been a part of a season where I felt like we got like kind of the raw deal of some calls. Like if they had video evidence, our season, we probably have two more wins um, because yeah. of it. And so I'm definitely a VAR fan. It doesn't, always benefit the teams I support, but definitely a VAR fan. I think if they limited on what you could use it for, uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be more okay with that. I, the thing that I, that I've got the most beef with VAR is you can't even celebrate a goal anymore because you don't know if yeah. it's going to get called back or not. So that's, that's yeah, kind of taken away a, a part of the game that I, I love um, away from it. So I, th- I think it's just limiting on what you can use it for. Right. Like what was yeah. the, what was the other one? It was like, they showed the picture and it was like, an inch of the uh, the dude's uh, French player's butt cheek was over the line. Like, get out of here yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, who? Was Some it? people are just bored different, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tim, <laughs> Tim, uh, the Tim Weah. Remember that one being called yeah. off by a kneecap? Yeah. yeah, a kneecap. So wow. All right, next one. Morning person or night owl? Massive night owl, but I had to become a morning person this year. Cause we did 6am practice. So that means I, I have to get up at my house at four o'clock and leave at four 30. Um, but I definitely transitioned back into my night owl phase. Exactly the same as Sean, except fatherhood. Like there was a stretch <laughs> where obviously like with the days that Kelly works, like I'm in charge of will in the morning, cause she leaves the house at three 34 in the morning. And so like there's days where he will just be wide awake at four 45, five o'clock. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm just up for the day too. And then, so I'll like send her Snapchats and be like, your devil son is awake right now. This is your fault. Um, but no, yeah. preferably a night owl. I like staying up, watching TV. I love, I, I scout, I think better post 10 o'clock at night. Um, and so, right. yep, definitely, definitely a night owl. Yeah. Speak every language or talk to animals. <sighs> That's pretty cool. I don't know. Say speak a language or talk to animals or no, speak, speak their language. Every- Every speak every language or talk to animals. I'll talk to animals. <laughs> I'm I'm speak every language. I would love to be able to talk to more people. Yeah, I yeah, think there's, as a soccer there's so coach, many so many animals yeah. you could talk to. The only one I'd want to talk to is spiders. Like just like it'd be like, dude, if you stay over there, we're cool. Like I don't, I'm not ready to kill you if you don't like creep up on me. But like if you start getting near me, I'm gonna put you in the trash. And so like. There's certain that, animals yeah. where it'd be like their life expectancy would go up significantly if I was allowed to. <laughs> Leave it to Nick to still point out just the most random of animals, right? Just just one, just one, just wants to talk to one, not all of them. So, yeah, I think for me, the way I look at it as a soccer coach, right, given our and the nature of our sport, speak every language just makes more sense to me, I think. So, granted, well, I, didn't know, cool I didn't know it was based animals. off of soccer related. I was like, man, like it'd be cool to talk to animals. Yeah, however you want. Like, I, however you I, want. That's just how I am. Yeah. Using my own pet as example, my dog Frank. Like, I would just, I would love to hear what he says and what he thinks. Like, I'm sure he would be a comedian, but yeah, I, I'm going to talk to you animals. Know, I, yeah, I get plenty already from my wife and daughters that I don't think I want to know what my dog thinks about me as well. You know? <laughs> so that's just me. That's just me. So, all right, I asked you, I asked you all this one the last time you you were on, but I'm gonna ask it again just because maybe you feel differently about something, and I'm just kind of curious as well. But each of you are appointed the soccer czar in America, right? You're in charge of all of soccer. What's the very first change you make 
regarding soccer in America tomorrow? The U.S. men's national team coach. <laughs> oh man, That's I don't. Well, I don't know what. What did what did we say on the last one? I think um, we had to have talked about pro well, right? Like I feel like that's yeah, I think, I'd have to I'd have to go yeah. back and yeah, I don't want to mix up what each of you said, but yeah, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of curious. Maybe you're different. And I'll go back I'll go back on it and check it out. But yeah, I, I would definitely I would continue with the pro rail because I'm a big believer of that. But I also think, um, I would find a way for you soccer to be cheaper. Um. I think it's getting ridiculous. Like people are paying a college tuition just to go to a tournament basically um, with flights and, and all kinds of that stuff. And that's what we're kind of preparing for in our house with, with our kids. Uh, You know, like now there's a, there's a pre ECNL now. And like, that's like all that my daughter and wife can think of. So I would definitely make soccer cheaper for, for everybody. I think that's, that's exactly the answer I was going for. Like, cause there's so much untapped talent that can't afford like, and even like they could play in their local club leagues, but they don't get exposed to like the high level, like, like colleges and professional teams around the United States. And so I would say for sure, like find a way to make it more accessible for more people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still remember the quote from, uh, I think I was going, I can't remember if it was the USSF youth, youth license, or if it was when I was, I think it was my USSF youth. Um, one of our instructors, the quote that he said is like, we've somehow for a number of reasons, right. Is we've taken one of the least expensive sports on earth and we've made it now one of the most expensive in this country. Right. So I agree with that. Yeah. That sticks with me to this day. That's, that's, and I get it. There's a lot of people that there's a lot of fees and whatnot, but still it's those fees just keep going in one direction. Right. And they keep getting passed off. off, So yeah, very good point. All right. Final one. Scale of one to 10, one being we need to revoke your driver's license immediately, a 10, you are the gold standard. How good or bad of a driver are you? 13, phenomenal driver. Whoa. I'm great. We like, I don't know. I think like couples have this argument all the time. Like me and Kelly both argue who's the better driver all the time. She would say I'm like a solid four. I'm a 10. She's an eight. I'll give her like a high score. Like she would never give me a high score. Like I'll give her a, a high score. She's not as good as me. I'm going to yeah. say 10 because I'm a safe driver. Now what I call safe, other people call slow. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but rules are rules and speed limits are speed limits. So um, I'm going to get you to from point A to point B with, with no health scares or, or anything like that. Yeah. So um, I think I, I agree with Benigno. I think both of our wives would probably say something completely different than, than what we would say for ourselves. You guys, are you guys trying to tell me you're both like 10 and two, 10 and two guys? Is that, oh, is that no, I'm a speedster. Thing? I'm a speed demon. And I oh, do okay. like a solid, like, I think I'm like a five thirty, like the one hand, like I'm like, <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Just like one hand and five thirty, like ish. Like that's, I would say that's where I normally yeah. am. Yeah. Okay. Good. Deal. And again, I think awesome. I'm great. My wife just doesn't. Right. My wife says, my yeah. wife says that I'm a parking or I'm ridiculous at parking because I would rather to, to allow her and the kids to have a easier walk into a store. Like I'll do like, I'll go up and down to like get a close spot for them. Oh yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not parking all the way in the back and then hear them complain about, Oh, we had to walk so far. Like I'll, I'll go up there. That's okay. No, dude, my dad threw me under the bus. There was like one time it was like cold last year and Kelly was pregnant. <laughs> And he like, 
dropped my non-pregnant mom off at the front door and like I made Kelly walk with me and he's just like you are the worst husband of all time <laughs> like in front of Kelly it was like, she, does, she wouldn't have known any better if you wouldn't have done that yeah it's like thanks a lot dad yeah, yeah he's a jerk. awesome so gentlemen this has been great appreciate it. I know uh want to be respectful of your time so we want to go ahead and get you off as well but uh as is customary now with what we do in our podcast is we let our guests kind of share we call it final thoughts so whether it's a uh, shout outs thank yous something that's just on your mind regarding our game or anything uh we want to go ahead and give you guys the floor uh to share your final thoughts and uh, whoever wants to go first the floor is yours Oh, I'll go first. I appreciate it. like you having us on again. It's again, it's it's so so much fun to talk to you every single year. And again, just seeing all the amazing things you're doing with your podcast and everything has been so cool. So really appreciate you having us on again. Appreciate I want to give a I want to give a shout out to Lowe's and because you said whatever was on my mind. Um, so obviously with the with the the no free ads. I'm sorry about that. Um, I know with the the impending snowfall. I was going to do a TikTok today. Um, I am a massive believer in, in the science of if you put grass seed down right before you get a heavy snowfall, it tends to grow better. Uh, so mm -hmm. I was getting laughed at today by all the people in my neighborhood because I was out um, raking my yard and putting seed down and they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, just wait when all the snow melts away, like this is going to look really, really good. So that's what, that's honestly what's on my mind. And the fact that my in-laws are going to be approaching here in just a few hours, I have two more rooms to, uh, to, to vacuum. There you go. Awesome. So shout out to, uh, to Lowe's, I guess you said, right. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh, that's another one. Chiropractor actor and now Lowe's where you're making all <laughs> kinds, you're making all kinds of, uh, I am, I, I've said it before. I am the worst like soccer coach because like I, there's, I probably should have said something about, something with the game but you asked what was on my mind and right okay. now like, that's what i'm thinking about <laughs> it's a final thought man it's a final thought account so so by the way sean i know so nick mentioned it's like 137 below zero where he's at what about you how bad is it where you are because you're not that far away right no it's um i'll give you real time what it is right now so we're at 38 right now tomorrow night will be at negative one then the next night will be at six or friday it's going to be six degrees here um, which is going to be miserable. Um, but yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, my, my kids always wish for it to snow on Christmas and this is our first year not going to Michigan, uh, for Christmas. So if we can get a little bit, then, then I'll be happy, but I don't, I don't want too much. Awesome. Good deal. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you again to both the coach, uh, Sean Soderling and Nick Rizzo. Appreciate you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us, uh, for our listeners, our supporters again, be safe over these next these next several days, we're obviously about to get this big Arctic blast really across the country, but particularly dangerously cold weather that we're generally not used to in Texas. Um, but so please continue to be safe. Uh, we have another episode coming out tomorrow of Inside Texas High School Soccer, along with uh, Coach Rafa. He'll be joining me. Got a lot to go over there. We're going to have a special guest as well. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have an announcement going out for that. Again, you can find us on... Uh, on social media, you can find us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod. You can also find us on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms. And then you can also find the video, the uh, video portion of this, the vodcast, I guess they call it, right? Find it both on YouTube as well as we are now on Twitch. So again, thank you for everything. And until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to 
the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.